Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, everybody. Dr. Dad's coming at you today. This is Dr. Wardy, Dr. Nick. What's happening, brother? So much is happening, buddy. Hey, you know what? Something interesting happened. Tell me. We recently just got ranked on the top 20 dads podcasts like across the globe. Get so out of here. Yeah, we're number 17, buddy. High five to you. High five. Top 20, man. And we've only been at it for, I think, what, six months now? Yeah. Yes, brother. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, many blessings and gratefulness right there, man. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, we've had some amazing guests, and, and man, I'm, we're excited to talk to our dear friend Ben today, aren't we? Well, we're bringing on a solid individual, man. So today's guest, everyone, we have Ben Azadi. And Ben, you know, I got to meet Ben at this last conference in Nashville. And the one thing I could tell you about Ben is this guy, when you just get around this guy, his energy, his passion for the purpose, the drive that he has behind what he wants to accomplish. And I'm going to talk a little bit about his bio right now, but this guy's just contagious with his energy. He just brings nothing but positivity to the room. And I'm really excited to, to have you all get introduced to what he's all about and then hopefully be following him in the future because the content that he pushes out on a weekly basis is, is just amazing. So Ben Azadi is joining us today. He is a functional, and Ben, correct me, okay, because I just asked you this. Functional dietitian, or wait, diagnostic. functional diagnostic nutritional. Say it. Practitioner. Practitioner. Yes, Teamwork. I like it, buddy. There's like a million of these little uh, abbreviations these days, so you got to stay on it. So Ben, Ben's on a mission to help one billion people live a healthier lifestyle. He's the author of three best-selling books: The Perfect Health Booklet, The Intermittent Fasting Cheat Sheet, and The Power of Sleep. These are all solid. Make sure you guys dip into some of these. He's also the founder of Keto Camp, the go-to resource for intermittent fasting and the ketogenic diet. And he's also known as the health detective because he investigates this function and educates, not medicates, to bring the body back to normal function. So as you all can see, he's all about what we are all about on The Doctor Dads. Ben, what's up, brother? Thanks for joining us today. Hey, David and Nick. I'm grateful to be with you. Amazing individuals. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Hey, I'm sorry I murdered the FDN-P thing because <laughs> you literally just told me what it meant. And I'm just excited, man. Like, I'm really excited to get to chatting with you all today. And um, these are fun topics that we like to talk about. Ketosis, keto, intermittent fasting, right? So I think, you know, to just get started, man, you know, you have a little bit of a backstory that has led you to where you are today. And can you just share and kind of give us the cliff note why we're doing this? Yeah, well, thank you for the kind words that you said in, at the beginning of the show. I, I really appreciate that, and I resonate with both of you so much. And a lot of what I teach, I, I've learned from YouTube, by the way. So that that goal of wanting to reach one billion people—that's that's our goal. It's not my goal. So we're we're all in this mission together. Um, so what, why am I here? Why am I in this space with you guys? Well, the person you see now, if you're watching this, uh, it's it's not the person I was for most of my life. I was actually obese for. 24 years of my life, the first 24 years of my life. And I was that kid who was bullied, picked on, afraid to wear, afraid to go into a swimming pool without my shirt. So I wore my t-shirts inside of the swimming pool. Living in Miami, you could tell that happened a lot because I had always pool parties, I was always the beach. So I always had my t-shirt on. And when I took off the shirt, 
I was made fun of. So I, it was a traumatic experience that always stayed with me. My mom, she worked three, job, three jobs growing up. She was an immigrant from Iran who came here in the 70s. And she had my sister. She had me. She worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken as a manager, Walgreens, and a basket store. Three jobs for several years, almost 20 years, actually. And uh, she would bring me Kentucky Fried Chicken leftovers every single night, doing the best she can as a mother who loved her kid. Uh, and I would eat that every night. And uh, my body got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was a teenager and I was obese. And I got into the wrong crowd. And I did drugs and I sold drugs. And it was just a really bad situation. I was a really bad kid. And that trickled into my adulthood life. And I was 24 years old. Now we're fast forwarding. I was 24 years old, which is 10 years ago from today. And I'm working at this nine to five job that I hated. I was a packing and shipping manager. I was 250 pounds. I had 34% body fat. Uh, my pants were size 38 waist. So I was obese. I had never exercised a day in my life. I was addicted to video games. I was addicted to tombstone pizzas and soda and just really bad toxic food, the stupid American diet, if you will. And my ex-girlfriend at the time, at that time, we were together for almost four years and she ended up breaking up with me because uh, it was going nowhere, rightfully so, was not going anywhere. I was more concerned with my video game stats than a relationship. So she broke up with me and I was devastated. I didn't know how to handle it. And, and I was so in a, such a dark place. I was afraid to be in a room by myself because every time I was in a room by myself, I would think of ways to kill myself. I would actually go on Google and look for ways to kill myself. And every time I did that, I would think about my mother and I would think about what I would leave behind for her. And that devastation for her just stopped me. I didn't want to do that to my mother. So she was the reason why I never pursued it, just thinking about what she would have to deal with. So I, I, I needed to do something because I was rock bottom, depressed, suicidal, lost in life. I, I was just tiptoeing my way through life, hoping to make it safely to death. And if my heart would have stopped beating at that point, it would have just been a mere formality. I was not alive in any sense. I was not inspired to do anything but play video games. And then enter what you see behind me, books. <laughs> I started reading books for the first time in my life. Uh, Wayne Dyer. I started getting into Wayne Dyer's work and he changed my life. Bob Proctor. But there was one passage that I read with Wayne Dyer, which changed my life and just helped me take control. He, he said, if other people are the cause of your problems, you're going to have to hire a psychiatrist for the world in order for you to get better. <laughs> Meaning, you got to take damn responsibility for your life. And at that point, I was not taking any responsibility. So I decided I'm, gonna, I'm responsible for being obese, for being lost in life, and I'm going to take full responsibility. So I started reading about health, reading about nutrition, working out for the first time in my life. And then nine months from that point, I lost 80 pounds. I went from 34% body fat to 6% body fat. And more importantly than the physical transformation, I transformed my mental health. I, I achieved a mental six-pack from being mentally obese, and I think that's more important than a physical six-pack any day, and that opened me up into the whole world of health, and I became a personal trainer, and I could share along that journey as well, but that's how it started. Wow. <clears throat> what a journey. You know, I, when I'm listening to you, first of all, like, I, we didn't know this about you, Ben. I mean, I, I can, I'm speaking for you too, David, but maybe, maybe you did know the story. Um, you would never know. I mean... You're, you're, you've got so much humility, so much 
charisma, so much enthusiasm. I mean, I can't even picture you in that state um, that you were in 10 years ago. And I couldn't help but feel like, like congratulations. And how many people in this world that are dealing with the exact same situation that, that you went through and and you just you know you picked up the right book you resonate with the right message and all of a sudden your life turned around and now you're in the position to share your message with billions of people i mean i i get it now it's thank you so much for sharing that um david hop hop on here buddy well buddy and, and we're back to mindset again you know we just talked to drew manning a couple of weeks ago and ben i'm glad you mentioned the whole as you had this this transformation, one of the biggest things I want people to understand is it all started with mindset. It didn't start with, uh, I'm going to go on this diet and all this stuff, right? Like you, you started looking and the mind had to change for the body to change. And the stronger the mind got, the more I'm sure you saw the results in the body, right? So your, um, your focus was up upstairs, right? It wasn't just downstairs on like, what am I eating and stuff like that? That's part of it. But what I want people to get out of this is it's a mindset Thing to, to be winning through this to be going through this process Ben's done this over a decade and like Nick's saying you wouldn't even guess any of this by just being around Ben that that's where he was 10 years ago and again yeah man my hat's off to you man that's solid thank you guys yeah uh, and you're so right it starts it starts on the inside before anything on the outside is going to change and and I and I worked on myself so much, and I'm still working on myself and that's why you see the version of who I am today, which is my greatest version that's still developing. Uh, and, and if I was able to do that, anybody who's listening to this right now, and they're in a dark space, just know that this too shall pass. Surround yourself with people that are going to help put you in that zip code of greatness, which I did. I, I started to get mentors. I started to read books. Books change my life, and, and I, they will change your life if you're in that space. And there's one thing to understand about hitting rock bottom. If anybody's there right now or they've been there before, there's, there's two sides to it. And from my perspective, it's very beautiful because you just know, like, you can't go any further. You're, you're down there and there's nowhere to go but up. So you have that, like, there's, there's got to be better days coming up. Then there's, it's scary because it's like, how am I going to get out of this space? You know, what am I going to do? What, what's the first step? Uh, but the goal is to just know that you were put there not to be buried. You were put there because you were planted so you could bloom. And the only way to f see that is to go through it. You got to go through it. And if you're in that dark place of wanting to end your life, just know that I was there too. And now I wake up every single morning so grateful and so lit up and excited for the day. And there's always going to be better days. And, and if you need somebody to talk to you about that, then books are, are somebody that can communicate that word to you, like Wayne Dyer, like I mentioned. So I just wanted to get that in there. Yeah, I love that the zip code of greatness. I mean, you, we talk about you know moving through the frequency of you know dysfunction from like sadness, anger into courage and hope and love and beyond. And it's like you're you're stuck in that frequency of complete apathy where you're ready to let go, and you leveled up that frequency by leveling up your environment. You know your internal environment, your surroundings. Uh, one of the things that uh, that I think people also get stuck on is once you get to a certain place with your weight you have those number, same number of fat cells. They stay with you for the rest of your life. They may shrink a little bit, but you're never really going to hit a certain point. And you said you got down to 6% body fat. I mean, that just blows that theory out of the water completely. Um, and so obviously we're going to get into ketosis and some other things as well. Before we go there, um, 
you had this, you tell us, tell us kind of what happened after that, like physically, you, I think you said you got into CrossFit and you did some other things, uh, you know, you know exercise wise, take us a little bit further on that journey. Um, and to where you are now. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to, to share my truth and my story with you guys. And I, I love that you're listening and you're giving me your present attention. And that, so that means so much to me. Um, I got down to 6% body fat. You know, what's interesting is that it took me two years after I did the transformation to, to, uh, to realize that I was a skinny uh, or a lean person to th that I was not the fat person anymore. Two years. So my, it took two years for my mind to catch up to my body mm -hmm. for a year afterwards. I still felt like that fat kid. I was still afraid to take off my shirt, even though I had six pack abs it Took two years. And then I got, and then I became a personal trainer. So I started my first company, which is actually a funny story that I don't share. My first company was a company called Get Fit, Don't Quit. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And I bought the domain, getfitdontquit.com, and I started writing blogs. And one month into this, my first entrepreneurial business adventure, I get a letter in the mail from Body by Jake. Body by Jake trademarked Don't Quit. And they said, I'm driving traffic away from them. And if I don't cease and desist, if I don't stop with this company in the website, if I don't take it down, they're going to take me to court. And uh, I was oh, like, damn, this is, I, have, I don't have money to go to court with these guys. It's like the big boys just taking out the little guys. So I, 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 I quit. <laughs> I quit the website. I quit the company because I didn't want to go to court with them. I didn't have any money at the time. Uh, and then what spawned was my next company, which, which was ShredFat. ShredFat was actually available, shredfat.com, which I still own right now. That was my, my first, my second company, actually, which was my personal training company. And you know how it got started. I went on Craigslist and I put an ad, South Florida's most affordable personal trainer, right? $25 a session for an hour. And I didn't have a gym, so I put my home address. I was still living with my mom, and uh, my sister had moved out of our childhood home. So I turned her bedroom into an in-home gym, and I had strangers from Craigslist knocking on my door, coming into my home, and I would train them in my sister's old bedroom. <laughs> wow. And they would pay me $25 in cash, and that's how I got started as a personal trainer. Um, and I kept, I was consistent, I had word of mouth, and then I raised my prices, and then that just snowballed into getting more clients and then eventually open, opening up a, a CrossFit gym. Uh, but, but here's something that uh, I don't really share often as well is my purpose didn't really get sparked um, through my transformation. It was great. I was having a lot of fun. I was, I was a personal trainer, but I didn't feel like it was my purpose being in the health space. It was more of, more of like a, I'm getting paid to do something I enjoy to do, but it wasn't like a, a burning desire, if you will, like Napoleon Hill would say. It wasn't until my dad got sick that things started to shift in my life, which, which was about five years ago and actually six years ago now. He had type 2 diabetes for, for most of my life, my entire life. Uh, as, you, as you know, type 2 diabetes is an epidemic, especially in America. 60% of Americans are either diabetic or pre-diabetic, and my dad was one of those diabetics. I remember taking him to all of his doctor's appointments and making sure he gets his medication, listening to everything they told me to do with diet, buy his fiber one bars, his, his uh, G2 Gatorade, which is the sugar-free Gatorade, his, uh, all these like sugar-free sugar drinks that help keep his glucose down. Uh, and I would take him to the grocery store every week and buy his groceries with him and fill up his medication week by week by week. And he just got worse 
and worse and worse with this diabetes. And six years ago, he called me and he said that he was having this very bad um, neuropathy, diabetic neuropathy, where he was having difficulty walking to the point where he couldn't walk. He was, he was holding on to things. So me and my mom, we said, let's go take him to the emergency room. And he didn't want to go because he was so scared about getting his, his feet amputated because that's usually the next step. You, they have to amputate your feet so it doesn't go gangrene. And he was so afraid. And I told him, don't worry. You know, we're, we're going to just, we're, they're going to look at you. They're going to help you out. So we took him to the ER and they put him into a room to, for him to stay overnight. And he was so stressed out and worried about being in the ER that he suffered a massive stroke in the hospital. And they caught it late and he lost the ability to speak and he lost the entire right side of his body. He couldn't function anymore in the hospital. And I remember showing up. I was the one who told doctors there's something wrong with my dad. He's not responding to me. And then they ran tests on him and they determined that he had a stroke. And uh, at that point, it was, already, it was already too late for him to regain any of that back. So I would visit him every day in the ER and then eventually they ended up transferring him to a, a, a hospice, hospice care. And for nine months, I visited my dad at this hospice place. And it was in South Beach. And I would visit him twice a week, three times a week, just to console him, to play, to play music for him and to, to speak to him. And every single time I visited him, life was being just sucked out of his body. His body was shrinking before my eyes. And he looked worse and worse and worse. And it was August 12th. 2014, uh, a Monday where I went to go visit him and he was in the worst shape that I had ever seen him in. He was, he was convulsing. He was throwing up on himself and it was so difficult to see my father that way. So hopeless. And the nurses cleaned them up. The nurses make, made him look better. And he looked a lot better by the end of the night. And I walked up to him and I told him that, that I loved him and that I'm always going to be his son. He's always going to be my father and that I love him so much. And I said the words, hasta la vista, baby, which is the same three words he used to say to me when I was a kid from Terminator. He used to always say, hasta la vista, baby, when he said goodbye. So I didn't realize it then, but I was giving him permission to, to go, rest in peace. And I went home that night and I cried that night and I prayed like every single night that I prayed prior to that. For months, I had said the same prayer over and over every night, which was, please end my father's suffering. He suffered enough just over and over and over. But this night was different. There was, there was something listening to me. There was something that I felt about this prayer that, that same night. And I, and I promise you, gentlemen, the next day, 12 o'clock, I got a phone call from the hospital. I look at the phone. I see that it's the hospital. My heart sinks in my chest because I know something's up. And it's the nurse saying that my father stopped breathing that morning and they, they couldn't bring him back and he had passed on. And I, and I remember this like it was yesterday. I sat down on my couch and I started crying. My dog was staring at me and I just started crying, all these emotions. And I was so, I was so relieved and happy that my father is no longer in pain. I no longer have to see him like that. And I was so sad that my one and only father is gone. Uh, you know, we only get one mom and one dad. And at that point, I just wanted to know why. Why did this happen to my dad if I did everything that I was told to do? And I started just thinking about, my, thinking about conversations with his doctors. And I remember asking about the insulin they would prescribe him, saying that he needs to go on insulin because his blood sugars were getting out of control. 
and he needs to lose weight. They said that. And I, and I asked, doesn't the insulin make him gain weight? And they said, it's just the way it is. And I accepted that. And I wanted, and I wanted to know why that happened to my dad. So I set out to just study guys like Dr. Pompa, Dr. Fung, and all these other people in our, in our space who are teaching what, what I wanted to know. I came to the realization that the same information that now we all teach to our clients on stage that I teach in my books, it's the same information that would have saved my dad's life. And, and I also know that I was given that mountain so I could show the world that the mountain can be moved. And that is my purpose. That's why I take massive action and I'm, and I'm inspired because I don't want anybody to have to go through anything like that. It's, it was a lifestyle disease that was treated with medication, huge mismatch there. So that's why, like you mentioned, I'm very active on social media. I have a lot of videos and that's my purpose and that's why I do what I do. Buddy, well, thanks for the, I had to hold some tears back there. That was, that was intense, man. And that re just resonates with me, man. Like you're, you're pulling on my strings because, I, I mean, we were just talking in this last episode with Clarissa. You met Clarissa and we're talking about how, you know, Nick said, you made a choice. Remember, Nick, you, when we were at the Mayo Clinic, you said you made a choice that day and you never looked back. And that's the same thing that happened to you, man. Like that day, you just made a choice and you're like, I want to know why and I don't want this to ever happen to anybody else. People like need to know this. And you're absolutely right. Like people are in the dark about this very information that you're speaking to. And if they knew better, I know millions of people would take the better route, but they're not being told the truth. They're not being educated. They're not having this awareness. And, but I mean, just hearing that story, I think that I think a lot about you, man. I mean, you're a great guy, but that just like that purpose driven right behind all that, man. I mean, that just it, that fire, man, that's, I can totally see now where, why you get so ignited and so excited about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, brother. Mirroring everything that you just said, David. Uh, ben, yeah, you're 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 a force to be reckoned with, and you know I can't help but think that you know some people when they get into this experience or understanding what we teach, they start to go, oh, "This is too hard. I can't do this." And you know when you tell a story like that, your life depends on it. And, you know, I think uh, our, our friend, Dr. Don Klum says you either pay your or you budget to pay your grocer today or you spend your retirement paying your pharmacist. And that's the reality that so many people are stuck in. They don't realize it's harder to just sit and wait. It's harder to take those medications. It's harder to watch your life waste away before your eyes because in any moment a stroke could hit you with the type 2 diabetes or a myocardial infarction or, you know, some serious event is waiting around the corner. That's the worst case scenario. And unfortunately, it's happening to too many people because they feel like the easier path is to jump on the medication route because the doctor told me to. Um, so, yeah, seeing you lit up in, into that purpose is just it's magical for our listeners. It's, it, you know, breaks all our hearts to see that you had to go through that. But um, we see the direction, you know, and, and people that are listening who are challenged by dietary changes, lifestyle circumstances, your life depends on it. it just, it does. So let's, let's dive into, um, what is this stuff that we do? What is it that we talk about? And, and tell us about, uh, you know, what, what you're, what you're, 
people and and what are some of the steps that people need to take in order to start to turn the life around uh, in this world of fat adaptation yeah and that, that's it. well thank you so much for the for the kind words and i'm so grateful to be on this mission with you guys and it's exactly what what uh, i was meant to do so i just wanted to acknowledge you guys and say thank you for that um yeah well we teach people how to how to optimize their health how to teach their cells to burn fat for fuel which is our birthright i mean when we were a baby getting breast milk we were producing ketones the breast milk has saturated fat it has cholesterol and that baby needs ketones to help the development of the brain which is 60 percent fat so our cells love fat and that's you know what we teach what i teach my clients to do i teach them how to shift from burning sugar which most people are to burning fat and the problem and the analogy that i've been giving is if you're burning sugar as your primary fuel source, it's a very messy process. It's like it's kind of like I compare it to a diesel truck speeding through the highway. It's probably not going to get to its destination safe, and it's blowing out all this toxic smoke from its exhaust pipe. So if we were able to shift your metabolism and teach your cells to burn fat for fuel, that's like Elon Musk, Tesla, clean energy, cruising through the highway. It's beautiful. It's great for the environment, and you're going to get to your destination safe. That is what we want to do. We want to teach ourselves to be a Tesla and uh, the keto diet and fasting are two tools out of many tools in the toolbox, which uh, I use heavily. Hmm. So Ben, I'm curious, man, you lost 80 pounds when you went on, you started on this journey. How did you, how did you do that? How did you go about that? Cause a lot of people they are trying to lose weight, right? And they're trying to optimize their health. Uh, they're, they're lost. There's so many things right now. So why keto? Why intermittent fasting? You know, like you—is that the way you did it when you lost it, or did you do it a different way? But you—you've—you've you've learned better, and you know better now. And this is why you're—you're you're so, so purposeful behind keto and using fasting as tools to help people with this process. Yeah, great question. It's the latter. Uh, the way I did it, I did—I um, didn't do it keto. I didn't. I actually did the approach that only works short term. So I saw that. So I did the calorie counting, eating every two to three hours low to moderate fat, high carbs, grains, uh, whole wheat, and uh, P90X was my method of, of fitness choice. Uh, so I did that. So I lost, here's an important lesson that I learned. I lost the 80 pounds and I had six pack abs, but I was one of those fit, sick people. I had digestive issues. I had acne because my liver was just taking a pounding. Um, and I had brain fog and I didn't feel that great. I looked great, but I didn't feel that great. So, and I started to get the, gain the weight back because I did it the wrong way. Then I got into the vegan diet, actually. I read the China study. I read uh, Rich Roll's book and I thought that was the way for me. And like most people, they experience when, when they go on the vegan diet, they, I got amazing results at the first four months. Felt much better. Workouts were much better. Started to lose the weight. And then I hit that, I call it the vegan wall where I just plateaued, but I put myself in a, in a box that I said, this is the best diet. You know, the China study had the research and I didn't really know how to read research back then. And I, I felt like that was the way to do it. And I stuck with it. I was a strict vegan for a year and a half and my hormones got wonky. My vitality got wonky. And I started studying Paul check and he started saying things like the vegan diet is not that great long term, And it might, you know, you need cholesterol for different hormones and the brain needs cholesterol. So I started to experiment into keto at that point, which was uh, five years ago, a little over five years ago. And I got amazing results with the keto diet. 
And uh, that's when I started researching uh, Keto Clarity from Jimmy Moore and the science of low carbohydrate and performance and all these other books. And I started to do CrossFit with Keto. And I was one of the first ones in, in my community doing Keto. And uh, I got amazing results with it. And I started putting my clients on it. And then I started studying cell metabolism. So that's when it really opened up for me. And that was where I saw this is a good long-term approach because that's the way our ancestors did it. They were burning fat most of the time, just not all the time. So that's kind of been a, the flow of how things went. Yeah, I like how you brought uh, brought into the fact that when we're when we're young and we're nursing from mom, that we're we're in ketosis. I've never heard anyone talk about it like that, but yeah, no kidding. I mean, it was mostly it was a high fat diet. Yeah, <laughs> we were burning ketones. Uh, and actually, it's funny in our doctor group. Um, well, another parent in the doctor group was talking about how they had the opportunity to test their their daughter's ketones, and she was like two years old. And they were they were feeding her, you know, uh, a typical keto style of eating. But you know, it's a kid, so they're gonna have some carbohydrates here and there. And her her little daughter was deep into ketosis, you know. And if if you're hearing this, you know, and you're in the world of oh no, ketoacidosis, how would someone do do that to their child? Well, everybody did that to your child if you're if you're nursing and every every ketosis for that brain development. I love that that teaching. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. It's true. It's it's for hundreds and thousands of years we were in ketosis. It's the the ultimate fad diet is actually the standard American diet. That's only been around for what 50, 50 years or so, but keto has been around much longer. So, we're looking at it from the long, wrong perspective when we call it the keto diet or fad diet. Mm -hmm. So, Ben, you you've learned through just the process of living this stuff that the a better functional approach to optimize your health and to lose weight the correct way was to to do it more on a cellular level and that's really what we're talking about when we talk about ketosis right and we talk about intermittent fasting i mean you're you're cell directed with everything that you're doing from a lifestyle standpoint so let's talk let's can you dive in a little bit about that about what you teach your clients and, and then maybe let's talk about some of the results that you're having with these individuals yeah, so exactly. That's, that's it. Cell-directed. I use ancient healing strategies, keto and fasting. I first teach the, the, the person how to get fat adapted, how to, how to make that switch from the diesel truck to Tesla, right? Burning fat instead of sugar. So that's the first step, getting fat adapted, getting keto adapted. And there's different structures that I, that I place, one of them uh, being to make sure you're getting enough electrolytes, right? As you, as you get keto adapted, because as you start to burn down your sugar reserves, you're going to lose a lot of electrolytes. You're going to dump a lot of electrolytes. So if you're not replenishing it, you might not feel that great. And uh, the way that I structure it is about a 21 to 28 day approach to ketosis to prevent the keto flu, which is more of a carbohydrate withdrawal than a, a keto flu. So I have a 21-day, 28-day approach where I shift the body, and how I do it is I teach them to eat more of these healthy fats, eat less of these carbs, and stop snacking, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. After the person makes that transition to burning fat, then I pair intermittent fasting with it. It's the second pillar. I have a, a four-pillar approach. So number one is to adapt, get fat adapted. Number two is to fast, practice intermittent fasting. Number three is when we do some phasing, where we go really strict ketosis, force the cells to choose fat for fuel, and then flexing in and out of ketosis in number four. So that is the flow of it, getting keto adapted and then pairing it with intermittent fasting.
Love that. What are outside of the, the keto wall or the keto flu that sometimes people call it with the electrolyte drop, any other signs or symptoms that people aren't um, switching effectively uh, that, that you guys see? Yes. Uh, I, a lot of people have sluggish bile. They, if they've had a fatty liver for a long time, their liver is producing sluggish bile and bile is produced by the liver for those who, who don't uh, know this it, and it's stored in the gallbladder. The, the gallbladder it's meant, it's like a detergent to break down fat. So if you start eating more fat like you do on the keto diet and you have sluggish bile, you're not going to feel good. You might have diarrhea, you might have constipation, you, you're just, you're going to feel like crap. So I tell people to incorporate some bitter rich foods while they make the transition. So ginger, dark chocolate, dandelions, dandelion greens, all that helps stimulate healthy bile and throw in a supplement with ox bile to have before all the meals to kind of boost the body's uh, breaking down of that fat and to go low and slow. You know, it's, 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 I've seen people go all in with keto and they just feel like crap and they say keto doesn't work for me. Well, it's not that keto, keto didn't work. It's, it's the approach. So that's one thing. And number two is we know, you know all about this. You got toxins, right? When you start to burn fat, like you do with the keto diet, a lot of these toxins that are stored in the body are fat soluble. They're stored in our fat. So we burn fat, we're going to dump all those toxins. And if we don't have a protocol in place, we auto intoxicate ourselves and we feel miserable, even though we're losing the weight. So we don't want to do that. So I have them take bind before bed. Uh, have them take it sometimes throughout the day if they're really toxic. And then we look at other stressors, right? There's other things upstream that we look at, but th those are two common themes that I've seen. I like those two points you're making, Ben. You know, the first one, I'd like to go back to that one a, a little bit that, that you're talking about as far as our ability to break fat down when we start to shift. I mean, if, you know, for our listeners, if you're, if you're eating a, a high-carb diet or you're just mostly used to eating sugar and you're sugar burner, like Ben's saying, when you switch your diet, your body's not going to necessarily just switch over right away and it needs some assistance. So it's good to have a coach like this, you know, or be seeing a doctor or somebody who's experienced with these things and can troubleshoot these little bits because a lot of people, I think they attempt to do keto and they get so discouraged within two or three weeks or maybe 30 days but they're not doing it right or they just needed a little help to get there, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one of the big hangups. One of the other gold nuggets I'll give right here is we call it the MCT bubble guts. Whenever we start to get people to start using some MCT oil to start upping their fats, and I'll, I'll always warn them and say, start with very little and then work your way up over time. But there's always that one that just decides, oh, no, more is better. And then they end up coming back and they're like, oh, I was in the bathroom all day and I had bubble guts. And it's hilarious. But, yeah, I mean, that's a big one. You got to start slow. And then, you know, the second point you were talking, what were we talking about? You, you talked about the bile. Toxins. And then toxins. And let's spend a little bit of time there. And, Nick, I'd like you to speak to this a little bit. You know, some people have weight loss resistance. And Ben, I'm sure you work with clients that have this. Nick, we see them. And these individuals are toxic, many of them. And that's why they can't lose this weight. So for those of you that are maybe trying to lose weight and you've tried keto or some of these other things and you have not been successful, toxicity may be playing a role in why you can't get that weight off. Um, so that's, that's another very important point. And I'm glad that you brought those two up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that one of the pieces of research that I was looking at not too long ago was just this mechanism of when we start dumping toxicity, let's say we've got, I don't know, 100 toxins in your in your adipocyte in your fat cell, you know, in all your adipocytes, there's 100 toxins, they could be lead, mercury, cadmium, 
arsenic, whatever, whatever that toxicity burden is, pesticides, etc. Um, when you start teaching that body that fat adaptation, start shedding some of that fat down, you start yeah moving the toxicity, you start feeling kind of crappy, and because you don't have a mechanism for binding and eliminating, or maybe the gut health isn't on par, or the liver health isn't totally functional, and lymphatics are a little sluggish, you start to recycle that stuff back. And so now your fat adipocytes, where they used to have 100 parts or 100 pieces of metal or what have you in their cell, now they've got you know 500 because you've shed and broken down fat, but you've just redistributed back in. So now you're becoming more and more and more weight loss resistant. And that's where that plateau gets hit. And this is where people hit the gym, right? You work out as hard as you can. And you, you know, you see these people constantly, I'm sure all of us do, where they, you know, they, they had some success and then they start working out even harder and they work out harder even still just because they can't break through, right? Yeah, if you want to lose weight, working out is a poor way to do it. If, if you're I love healthy, that you said that, man. <laughs> Say it again, man. Just say, it loud. <laughs> say that loud and proud. <laughs> this, is, this is coming from a, a CrossFit guy, right? If, you, if your goal is to lose weight, exercise is a poor way to do so because, you, I mean, the, the maximum percent, I'll, I'll say exercise factors into that, maybe 10% if you're lucky. Right? So people say, oh, I'm gonna, I burned 700 calories with that CrossFit workout. No, you didn't because if you look at your basal metabolic rate versus how much you burned on top of that, you're not factoring your, your basal metabolic rate. So if, you're, if your calculator said you burned 700 calories, well, maybe 500 of that or 550 of that was just your basal, which would burn if you were on the couch, and maybe you burned 150. That's not really doing much. So the goal is to first shift the mindset, shift the lens on losing weight to get healthy from, from losing weight to get healthy, excuse me, to getting healthy to lose weight. And that's what we're talking about here. You get the cells healthy, you get the, the, the detoxification pathways healthy, then a side effect is you lose weight. So that is the goal. What we talk about here are therapeutic approaches, therapeutic programs, not weight loss programs. It only works short term, never long term. And I love that you say that because that's something I talk to my patients about like every week. I say, look, we're not focusing on the weight loss. That's just going to be the result of your hormone health and the cell health improving. I mean, that's, that's what we're focusing on. I was like, you need to dial it back and understanding why the weight's coming off. That's where the focus needs to be. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and Ben, it's, it's absolutely right, man. I mean, it's, it's just about optimizing the cell, optimizing your health. And as a byproduct, we get all those benefits. And if it's, if you needed to lose weight, the weight's going to come off. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the tools that I tell my patients as well is that there's a couple layers here. If you want to put on muscle, you lift heavy, heavy things, you lift weights. If you want to burn through fat, you have to teach fat adaptation. And if, and if you get stuck hormonally, you got to detox and it's just a sequence of events and, and seeing where you're at as an individual, where you at in your health journey. And that's, that's it. As you said, David, that's, that's a direct look at cellular performance. And if your cells aren't working, right, they're not gonna, you're not going to get well. Uh, I love that. Love this conversation is amazing. Um, because these are, you know, these are the nuggets and tools that everybody needs to adopt. And maybe if you can just say something a little bit ver uh, on the realm of looking at fasting versus the ketogenic diet and, and why we need both and why one on its own isn't enough. 
Yeah, well, I would say before, if you're a sugar burner and you want to do fasting, because you read about all the benefits, where there, there's a lot of research behind the benefits, and you just go into fasting before getting fat adapted, it's going to look ugly, right? It's, it's like uh, uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't just hop off your couch and run a marathon. You would have to train for it. Same thing. So the keto, getting keto adapted is the training for fasting. Fasting is like a muscle you develop and you build and it gets stronger and stronger. And uh, they go hand in hand because they both do the same job of keeping insulin down, keeping glucose down, letting your body tap into its fat stores, which is the way we were meant to be. We were designed for hundreds of thousands of years to consume food, take that food, convert it to fat, and then don't eat food, pull out that food and burn it. And we've lost that approach. We're, we're constantly being fed. Don Klum said the average American eats 17 to 21 times a day. They're raising glucose and insulin 21 times a day. It's crazy. So we want to give our body a period of time where it is tapping into its fat stores, where it's turning on that autophagy switch and recycling damaged cells. The human body requires 70 billion cells every day that need to be recycled. So if you're constantly eating every two to three hours, eating 17 to 21 times a day, you're building damaged cells on damaged cells, and these cells are getting all this energy, so they're duplicating, and they're turning into cancerous cells. So if you want to live a long, healthy life, if you want to have great energy levels, if you want to burn fat, keto, fasting are two of the most powerful tools and ancient healing strategies to do so. So Ben, I'm, you know, that's solid. And I think this would be a good way to segue because this is a big question that I think we get a lot. And I know you get this question. So you, let's say you needed to lose weight and you adopted the ketogenic diet and you've been doing fasting and you've kind of gotten to a good weight where you're at and you want to make this a lifestyle. How do you start to shift into diet variation from there? And then how do you still utilize ketosis and, and fasting moving forward more from a lifestyle standpoint? Because I think a lot of people think that it's just temporary and then they're going to go back to, I mean, you know, they'll go back to like a paleo or they'll go back to like a whole 30 or maybe like they're just going to practice some different stuff and look for a maintenance diet. But can you explain to our listeners how they can still be using ketosis and fasting as tools moving forward and why they need to? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, the goal is to teach our, ourselves, as I mentioned, to burn fat as its primary fuel source, but not the only fuel source. So if we're staying in ketosis, if we're getting all this autophagy, it's too much of a good thing, right? There's, there's that, the two pathways. Either we're stimulating growth via mTOR or we are doing the opposite and breaking down cells via autophagy. We don't want too much of either. So there's gets to a point where if you're doing too much fasting and too much keto, it's going to be too catabolic and your body's actually going to slow down fat burning. And Dr. Pompa talks about it. Your cells are going to absorb water and slow down fat burning. Thyroid might get affected. So uh, diet variation is where it's at. Diet variation is, is, is a, a key to long-term health. And how I, I teach it is how I learned from Dr. Pompa, which is a 5-1-1 rule, which is going to be five days out of the week doing intermittent fasting and eating keto. So that's five days out of the week doing that. One day, you do a 24-hour fast. So you get a little bit more autophagy, just have some water, some sea salt for 24 hours. And then the other day is a feast day. I call it a flex day, high healthy carbs, no fasting, teaching the body, reminding it that it's not starving, intentionally stimulating mTOR, intentionally getting out of ketosis. And uh, you get to have your keto cake and eat it too is what I like to say. So that's a good uh, approach long-term, the 5 one rule. 
Love it. And you know, that's, that's the message that I think people, and I, I see it in front of me when I'm talking to patients about it, they kind of like get this little, Oh, I can do that. You know, <laughs> so right. Speaking about putting that into a lifestyle, it's like, you know, people get that. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause it does make sense. So does time away from food to let the body heal. That makes sense. You know, this is the thing, like this isn't some sort of, you know, crazy diet fad. This is just what makes sense and your cells will love you for it. Uh, as a, as a note into a transition, um, there's, there's a role for supplementation, right? And I know both of you probably do a supplement ectomy is like, I like to call it or drug ectomy where we like to remove the things that people are on because they're usually on way too many things and, and typically on a lot of the wrong ones. Uh, so two parts, what are the ones you usually like to get rid of? And part two, what are the ones you usually like to add in to aid this process of ketosis um, with your clients? Yeah, su supplementectomy, is that what you said? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a long uh, one. <laughs> Got to be a better short term. For that. <laughs> it's going to be the ones that I usually see most people on or the ones that you see, I'm sure. Fish oil, which I used to be on for, for a long time. Probiotics, uh, a synthetic multivitamin, and a vitamin D. Those are usually the four ones that I see that I'm like, let's let's get off of it and switch to something else. So fish oil, we know that 83% of fish oil is rancid. And even if it's not rancid, it'll probably go rancid in the body because the body is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit and fish oil needs to be cool. Even if it doesn't, it'll be mixing with your stomach acid and then go rancid there. And even if it doesn't, it'll end up in your skin and the sun will hit your skin and that'll be a recipe for skin cancer. So there's many problems there. And then even if it doesn't do that, it'll create an omega-3 dominance, which will push out cardiolipin from the cell. So there's a lot of problems with fish oil. Um, that's number one. Number two is a probiotic. It creates monocultures. We, want, we don't want just one culture of, or two of bacteria, beneficial bacteria. We want a vast array of it. So if you're on the same probiotic, it'll do more harm than good. Uh, the third one was vitamin D. If you're taking vitamin D without the other fat-soluble vitamins, they all compete for the same receptor, so you end up pushing out the vitamin A, vitamin K, vitamin E for vitamin D, and then you get deficient functional defic deficiencies, what Dr. Pompa calls it. And then um, multivitamins. Multivitamins are, are mostly synthetic-based, and I just made a video on it, and I said if, it, if you go to your multivitamin and it shows folic acid, it's probably a synthetic cheap supplement because folic acid is the synthetic form of folate. You want to see folate on there. So I, I take them off that, and then I, I take them, and I usually put them on uh, systemic formulas, a cytodetox, some bind, uh, the fast tonic, which is the fasting trio. I'll put them on vitamin uh, D if it's the if they need it, DV3, which is the it has all the other fat soluble vitamins. Uh, some more is I'll do some things for the lymphatic system. So it's it, it'll be custom from there on, but those are usually my go-to. Well, and again, you're supporting the cell. I mean, if for those of you who don't know what those supplements are, Ben's really just targeting the cell there. And then like he's saying, he customizes and he'll target based off the individual what needs to be supported. But, you know, there's so many people, Ben, and they're taking like, God, I get probably like, there's, I think the average is about eight supplements when people come into my office and they list their supplements. And it's this broad spectrum of like, I saw that on YouTube. I read that in a magazine. I saw that on TV. <laughs> and so they just start picking stuff at the store. GNC and all these other companies, man, man, they're making buku bucks off just selling random stuff to people that's doing absolutely nothing to push the needle for their health. And if people just knew better, right, 
that it needs to be more targeted. You need to kind of have an understanding. And the other piece of that for our listeners, about 90% of the supplement industry is garbage. And I would, I'd honestly say it's probably safe to say 90%. There's probably 10% of that industry that's making quality stuff that is bioavailable, that's clean, right? That's not toxic, and that's actually going to make a difference in our health. And if you're not going to somebody who knows where to source this stuff, quit wasting your money. That needed to be said. I'm sorry. I was waiting for the episode. (laughs) Boom. I was waiting for it. I'm with you, brother. 100%. Yeah, mic drop. Yeah, you're right. One hundred. Yeah, you know, and and there's another you know silent mic drop happening when when you said the word fish oil because that's almost like a religion for a lot of people, and it was for myself. I mean, you know, as an early doctor, that list right there that you just listed off that was categorically what I put every single patient on. <laughs> and if I have any old patients and I put you in that formula, I'm just gonna come right out and say it. I'm. I'm <laughs> Well, you were doing the best that you knew of at the time, right? And that's the reality. Like, I mean, you know, we kind of give um, health food stores or, you know, GNC a hard time, but this is how a lot of health practitioners are trained. And this is how a lot of functional medical doctors are trained because they're learning a lot of the stuff that, uh, you know, we learned like 10, 15 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, things are changing, things are moving, we're starting to learn a whole lot more. But these are like the holy grail supplements uh, for so many people. And so many people are tied to them because their doctor told them to. And so I understand if you're listening and you're triggered by this stuff, get over it and, and look into the research because it's worth looking into. Um, We have to be open minded about this stuff. We have to understand that this is all about a unique experience. We have to focus on targeted supplementation and we're all individuals in quality over quantity every single time. Yeah. Well, now, I, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead, brother. I, I was just going to say that people get triggered off of fish oil but most more than any yeah. of those other three. It's, it's, it's fish oil. And when I, when I post about it, like on my LinkedIn, I posted a video about fish oil and I just got, show me the studies. Like, what are you talking about? I've been taking this for years. So I would recommend the PEO solution by uh, Brian Peskin. There's a lot of great research in there. Uh, there's also a book that I just started listening to on audible called, um, the, I'll tell you right now, it's called the Superfuel by, by, uh, Dr. Mercola and James D. Nicola Antonio. And they're actually talking about fish oil and how that's actually not good for you. And I, and I just started listening to that. So those are two good resources for anybody who wants to dig into it. Well, and Mercola used to pump that stuff out like crazy, Mm -hmm. man. Like in all fairness to him, for our listeners, we always keep learning. Even some of the top individuals in the health arena are constantly learning and we have to stay on it because, you know, you look back, just go back 50 years at some of the stuff we were doing in healthcare and you're like, what were we thinking, right? So, I mean, it's just constant evolution and expansion, but yeah, I mean, we're up to date. You got to find find the right people, right? Exactly. I, I wrote about the benefits of fish oil in my first book and it's still, so I'm revising it now because of course I, I have a different view, view on it. So we do the best we can with the information we have and then if we're, we're true to our word with wanting to help people, we're going to admit that we're wrong and we'll change our perspective. So the things we're teaching you now, maybe five years from now, the research will show that, hey, maybe this is not the best approach and then we'll change our view, but we do the best we can and we f- figure out what's, wor- what's working for us. But you know, I would be cautious with those doctors who just are so closed-minded and they don't even want to hear what you have to say. That, right? And if they get emotional about it, that's another red flag right there. 
I'm glad that you said that, man, because any doctor who's not willing to look outside the box or keep expanding his knowledge and understanding that it's not just what he was told in school and he's never going to learn anything else, you find another doctor, man, because mm-hmm. you're, in, you're in bad, you're in, that's not a good place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I got to say, man, we've, we've hit on so many amazing points here, uh, hearing your story, that the purpose, you know, your purpose-driven life. Um, hearing about the early days of Benazadi and then into everything we just dove into from ketosis to supplementation, everything else. I mean, there's just, there's so many tools here and I get excited because it's kind of like, this is a great starting point for people to, to dive into this information because we, you know, you're talking about your journey and everything it took, all the different types of diets you tried, you know, from calorie counting to, to, to eating every couple hours, et cetera, et cetera, to finally finding a tool that works for you. And it's, there's tons of scientific research to show why it's so beneficial and and as you point out david not everybody's going to be successful with this just by listening and following along sometimes you need a coach sometimes you need mentorship and so that leads me to my next point is that we we want our listeners and and their friends and their family to be able to know where to find your information ben so please what are the best channels and resources um, for people to access your information to follow you and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, my YouTube channel is where I'm putting a lot of time and energy into lately. It's, it's growing very fast. So I would definitely uh, go there, youtube.com slash keto camp. And if you're listening, that's camp with a K. So youtube.com slash keto camp. And I'm launching my podcast, actually. It's called the Keto Camp Podcast. It launches July 1st. So if this is coming out after that, it's available now. And uh, go to iTunes. I'm actually going to have these two fine gentlemen Nick and David be guests on a future episode. So the Keto Camp podcast and my YouTube channel are two resources to find my information. He posts a lot of his content on Facebook all the time and it's solid stuff. You got to see it. So check out Ben for sure. Home play. So we leave our listeners with some home play at the end of every episode. And so I want you to maybe give some homework as, as you would maybe say for some people that they can kind of get started maybe on their journey with ketosis and intermittent fasting or fasting. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, well, this is going to probably surprise the listener. Maybe it'll surprise you too, but it's nothing that we spoke about yet because I could give you all the tools, you know, don't take these supplements, take that supplements, hit your net carbs each day, fast, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have these two things, none of that will work. Number one, love. Love yourself first. Love other people second. And the reason is because if you have hateful thoughts and resentment towards yourself, towards other people, that's going to inflame you. It's going to raise cortisol, which is going to knock you out of ketosis. So your stress will knock you out of ketosis. So you got to love yourself. Love yourself like your life depended on it. And, I, and what I do, I literally say in my head all day long, I love myself, I love myself. I go in front of the mirror and I say, thank you, I love you. You got to love yourself because if you don't love yourself, you cannot heal a body that you hate. Got to love yourself. Number two, gratitude. If, if you, <laughs> the, the more you appreciate something, the more it appreciates. It grows and expands. There's a law of the universe that says whatever you feed energy to grows and that just means a thought. So if you're thinking loving and grateful thoughts, you're going to get more of things to be in love with and to be grateful for. But if you're thinking hateful thoughts, and it could be as easy as somebody cutting you off in the highway or putting a comment on your Facebook post and then thinking a negative thought, that right there, if you catch yourself, because that thought, it's going to come back to you like a boomerang. And it might not come back that day or from that person, but 
it's going to come back to you. So if you send love to that person, send gratitude for that person, you're going to be able to heal yourself much faster with all the keto and all the fasting and all the supplements. So love and gratitude is your homework. Write down 10 things you're grateful for every morning, every night, and tell yourself you love yourself every day and you're going to get healthy. So powerful, man. There you have it, listeners. The Ben Azadi. And I love that home play, man. I'm going to do some of that. Thank you for that. So great episode again today, everybody. Ben, thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank yeah, you, Ben. Well, I, I want to first much, say man. I want to thank you guys and acknowledge you too because ever since I met you both, you've been so receptive to me, so uh, like big brothers to me, honestly. And you're, 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 you're as kind and uh, you're as kind and also emotionally intelligent as you are intellectual. So you're very smart, you're very kind, and I really appreciate you guys just showing up authentically. I feel like you guys listen. I feel like you guys are so authentic, and that's very a rare commodity these days. And you're doing great work with this podcast and congratulations on that spot and you deserve it plus more. And I just want to say, I love you guys. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. And I can't wait for to have you both on my podcast. So thank you guys so much. Wow. Love you too, brother. Thank you. you feel the love. I was just going to say that right there is a perfect example of humility, love, gratitude. So yeah, that, thank you so much. Big, big, big hug to you, man. From, uh, up here in the north and I guess just uh, just east of this uh, lovely gentleman down here in the sunshine. And again, to our listeners, thank you for listening and we will hook up with you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to The Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.